On episode 79 of the High Performance Leadership Podcast, Finding Your Unique Value with David Liddell. What is the one thing that's going to separate you from other people? And it doesn't have to be complicated. You can't be all to everybody. You're listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Insights and information from world-class leadership experts. Thanks for joining us. I'm Randy Lane. On today's podcast, we're talking with 360 strategic partner, David Liddell. David runs his own leadership development company called Sky Business Solutions. He started it from scratch over 15 years ago. Chip talks with him about potential pitfalls to avoid when starting your own business and tips for success. Now, here's David. Dave, obviously... We worked together for a long time now, but I really don't know much about your background. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me just a little bit about your background, where you're from. Sure, sure, yeah. Well, I, I you know, I reside in uh, in New Hampshire, just outside of Boston, great area. Obviously, a very historic city. Uh, my background, uh, you know, I've got an engineering degree, and uh, that came, you know, it came out of my family where my dad was an engineer and my wife's father's an engineer. It's sort of a, you know, it kind of bred throughout the family and. Um, I, I got my engineering degree a number of years ago, and I, of course, I went right into, uh, uh, you know, into the manufacturing industry as a sales engineer. And uh, I enjoyed selling because I enjoyed the people aspect of it. Uh, got, you know, the industry was a little boring, a little stale, so I kind of moved into high tech and, and still stayed in the sales side because, again, I like working with people, and, and uh, you know, that was a lot of fun. But it, I didn't. There was no passion really there. I, it, it wasn't. It wasn't that it wasn't fun. It just there was no drive. There was no passion. I wasn't really that interested. You know, where a lot of people were fully engaged uh, I was mildly engaged so uh, I decided to start my own business and uh, kind of a prompt from my wife that said hey you know you really need to get out there you've been talking about starting a business for a number of years why don't you try it yourself and I saw so I've been kind of th- you know thinking about it almost threatening I'm gonna go do that and of course I did and I went out and uh, Fortunately, I, uh, I met you and could introduce you to your company after looking at a lot of different opportunities. And you know, I looked at franchises, I looked at uh, different business models, nothing really clicked. And then when I talked to one of your folks, they called me and shared a little bit about what you do. And they said, you really got to come out to Waco. And I thought, hmm, this there's something here. There really is something here. So when I came out to visit you and, uh, you know, talked about it, 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 it was, you know, that really confirmed for me, this is it. And it's all around helping people, helping people grow professionally. The leadership element was very cool. There's a lot of different things I could have done, but the leadership piece was really the, you know, the component for me. So that, you know, that led to starting the business. And, uh, you know, it was a, you know, the first year was a tough year, always is, you know, starting a business, a lot of uh, determination and, uh, you know, some planning. I made a lot of mistakes along the way, but I did, I did meet a lot of good people as well that helped me, counseled me, mentored me uh, to where it is today. So that's kind of, uh, you know, that's, I guess that's kind of the history. I do, uh, you know, I'm a big sports fan. Uh, Boston's a big sports city. We've had some great championships, and, um, you know, but I do love soccer. Tell me about your decision-making process. You knew you wanted to be an entrepreneur. Yes. Uh, threatened it for a long time. Talked yeah. to your wife about it. And you looked at a lot of different options. So, you know, you had all these different options. What made you kind of say yes to these and no to these and and finally whittle it down to deciding what, what you want to do? Yeah, you know, that's that's actually a good question because with my engineering background, I actually did have a process to do that. I, 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 I listed out on a sheet of paper what's the criteria, what's important to me. And, you know, it, it revolved around... Um, 
you know, do I want B2B, B2C? Uh, do I want a business you know, that's gonna cater to a certain industry? Um, you know, I didn't know if it was gonna be soft skills development stuff. That kind of came after the fact. Uh, you know, what kind of lifestyle can I lead? Uh, is there, you know, a franchise? You could be limited in terms of growth. So I said, no, I don't want that. I want something that's, I, I won't be limited. Um, so I had a, you know, I had a set of criteria that got me there. And then, so that's how I did it. So I, I probably looked at uh, 20, different opportunities and I, I got it down you know every time I'd see when it you know I'd say well it's close but it's missing this piece or it's missing that piece and those are the key elements I think you know key was lifestyle because I was working in corporate America uh, I the, the first three years of my son's growing up life I barely knew him and it's kind of weird because I started a job right when he was born and I went crazy I was making all kinds of money but I didn't see him I was I was working uh, probably 70 hours a week. You know, I had a long commute as well, so uh, it, I was never home. You know, I'd be gone before he's up. He'd be in bed before I got home, kind of thing. And that was a huge factor in it. It was uh, having a good family life as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tell me about the startup. What's it like? What you know? What's what's yeah. a typical day in the life of Dave Liddell? Well, I mean, it's different today than it was years ago. And I did, I did get some good advice to say, look, you've got to run this. You got to run this like a business, and so I, I did put a plan together. I did say, well, I've got to have a sales department. I got to have a marketing department. I got to have someone that cleans the, you know, cleans out the trash cans. I was that guy. I did it. You know, I wear or or every single hat. I was a CEO and a, and the janitor all at the same time. So I did structure it that way. You know, that was in the beginning, and you know, a big piece of that is, well, I got to go find clients. I have to go find you know people. So that was that was real tough. That probably monopolized most of my time. Obviously in the beginning that does. Over time that has morphed obviously as I brought in clients. The first year I, I probably spent uh, well in the tens of thousands of dollars to get much less. But the next year after that I got a, I got a bigger contract. And so every year it's the company has grown every year since I started it which is great. And I think uh, you know what that comes down to is every single day I think about three things. One, I got to run the business. Um, two, I've got to make sure that I'm delivering the services to my clients, the services, the value. And three, I've got to make sure that I'm selling, you know, or business development. You've got to have all three. And if you're missing one of those, that's you know that's where things don't go well. And it's and that's where I always have to be disciplined and accountable to myself that I can't miss one of those. So when I'm busy delivering and things are good, I have to remember that I have to keep on selling, developing business. I have to at least get out and meet people so that uh, I don't get into a, a nasty cycle of sell, deliver, sell, deliver. That's very tough on a business, any business. So I have to make sure that that piece of it is, is consistent and running. And that's part of you know, hiring people and getting people to help you with certain aspects. So today, compared to my first year, is much different where I actually have employees, people who are responsible for certain aspects of the business so I can go out and do the things that I'm really good at. And, yeah. and I like being with people, listening to their challenges, seeing if I can help them, and that's the part I love to do. Based on your timeline, mm -hmm. uh, tell me a little bit about what you do today that's different than what you did in the startup phase. Like, how has your day changed, your, your strategy? Well. I guess there's a couple things there. One, when I started, and I think this is one of the mistakes I made, and of course you learn the hard way, is I wasn't focused well enough in my message. My message was you know, Sky Business Solutions, and we can help you with all these things. And it was team building, and it was executive this, and so on and so forth. All right, great. The problem with that was, is 
nobody really knew me for the one thing that's, you know, what, what are they known for? And so I've been refining that over the years. So from a, a strategic standpoint, that's probably the biggest thing, thing. We've really refined our message down to we are a leadership development company. And we know that if we develop leaders, uh, the company will succeed, will be more successful. So that's, I mean, f from a strategic standpoint. I would say from a day-to-day -day operational perspective, uh, uh, more organized, uh, more structured in how we see things, kind of a repeatable scale. If we do all the right things consistently, that will produce the results we want. Uh, in the beginning, there was less of that. And it was probably, uh, it was probably a function of not being as focused as I needed to be or not knowing. I mean, I did, I, meet, I met a lot of people along the way. How do you do it? What makes you successful? And finding the right approach. Mm -hmm. So I borrowed a lot of that. And so in the beginning, it was a little more frantic than it is today. Today, it's still, we're busy, we're doing the right things, but there's a process and there's consistency that goes with it. So that's the big difference between then and today. Yeah, Great. yeah. Help me understand how you work with your clients. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people out there that can hang out a shingle that says they're sure. a consultant, whatever that definition of a consultant is, and right. they offer all kinds of products and services and, and say they can fix a lot of problems, but you know, obviously you've been in business 13 years now. That's a significant yeah. difference compared to most people that are in between jobs and yeah. start a consulting practice. Sure. So you're in it for real. Tell me a little bit about how you work with your clients. Working with any business, there has to be a need. And I always start with that in mind. I don't make any assumptions that I can help anybody until I talk to them and understand what their business is, some of the challenges they're facing. People ask me, well, what sort of companies do you work with? And I say, well, companies that have people in them. You know, I kind of joke around a little bit about that. I say, well, what I mean by that is the same problems exist in every company. Sometimes they're viewed as a problem. Sometimes they're viewed as something we need to change, adjust. So the first thing I do is I, I it's an introduction. Hey, let's sit down and talk, just like we're doing now. And I ask them questions about their business. I'm trying to learn, you know, and, and uh, so, you know, most of the time there is common ground. We will find something. You know, sometimes there's, there isn't a good fit. It could be cultural or it could, but, you know, more often it's, they may not be ready for it. But I'm generally trying to understand what's going on in your business? What are the challenges you're facing? What are the biggest obstacles you see going forward? And we talk about that. And you know, obviously I'm thinking about leaders, I'm thinking about development of employees, strategy, and I'm listening carefully. And it's mostly me just asking questions and learning. And then uh, you know, oftentimes it'll be, okay, well, here, I've got some ideas for you, or have you considered this? So I'm really, even in the very beginning, before there's even a contract, I'm trying to add value. Because a couple things have to happen. One, there has to be chemistry between me and the individual and the company, and there has to be real value. The value has to be there, and they have to view me as a as a peer within their organization, not, uh, hey, we hired this person from the outside to do these things. No, I'm an advisor. I'm there as a trusted advisor. So right from the very beginning, you have to develop a strong bond. And the worst thing I could ever do is try to squeeze something in that really wasn't there. I'd rather say, you know what, you're not ready for it, or you know what, we don't offer that service the way, you know, in terms of what you really need. I would suggest you go to this kind of company um, because it has to be a good fit. So that's really how we get it rolling. And then there's always a process, you know, whether you're uh, we're coaching, uh, doing executive coaching work, planning or strategic planning or training, there's always a methodology and approach that is structured so that the people involved 
understand what we're doing, where we're going, and the results we want to get. And of course, the, a big piece of that is, uh, you know, is making sure that we have the tools, that we're using the tools, tools like uh, the curriculum from 360 and the assessments, and these tools will allow us to deliver on the value that we've promised. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Do you have any examples that come to mind right away of clients that you've worked with, um, or maybe even currently working mm-hmm. with, that, man, it just, it was the right time, they met you, you went in there, did some of the stuff we're talking mm-hmm. about, and it's made a difference you know, in their business. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. There's a, a client that I brought on last year. It's, it's interesting, the, um, you know, people find me in different ways, but the HR manager saw me at a, a conference. And uh, I was speaking. I, w- I was speaking on a particular topic. I think it was conflict resolution. And uh, she, she heard of me. Well, the CEO of this company, he needed some strategic planning. The problem with his company was he has a family-owned company. Uh, he's got three generations in the family. He and his brother bought it from his father. And now they've got three of their boys in the business. They've got a senior management team, but it's a a team that needs some grooming. They need help to understand, well, what does it really mean to run this business? What direction are we headed? And they had, com- they had me come in and do a strategic planning initiative over the course of about four to five weeks. It was pretty intensive and long days, but we did end up with a great plan. Now, the problem with that plan was it was the team that had to execute on it. So he realized that they were going to need a little more help. Part of that was, you know, he said, Dave, I, you know, this is great. We've got all these great things. We've got these goals. We have key initiatives that are going to help us improve the business. But I'm really concerned that we're going to, you know, we're going to do it. We want you to stick around. We want you to, we want you to hold us accountable and help us grow into the kind of team that we need to be. So that, that morphed into a two-year contract uh, that has allowed me. I'm on that second year of that contract right now, uh, and we're seeing some significant changes in the team. They're, they're more focused. They're, they think more strategically. Uh, from a dynamics perspective, they're challenging each other more effectively. Probably half of those key initiatives are either completed or well on their way, and the other half are coming along. They had 13 key initiatives, way too many for one year, so they've they actually staged them, and uh, we're starting to see real business results from it, which is uh, which is fantastic. I mean, those are the sorts of things where you, you know, yes, we train, yes, we coach, but at the end of it, you've got to have results, and that's what they're getting. Yeah. Well, it's obvious that you like the business you're in, you're passionate about it, you, yeah. that comes across. But what motivates Dave Liddell? Because Everybody thinks you start a company to be profitable, to mm-hmm. make money, yep. and that money drives us. And you and I both know that it's only one of multiple things that drive us. It's just a, a measurement. So what drives Dave Liddell? That took me a while to kind of put my, my arms around, and it's really evolved a little bit. But I think it all comes down to this. When I know that I've helped somebody, either personally, professionally, or a business at home, when, when somebody says, boy, that really made a difference, that helped me. Hey, that makes a lot of sense. That's when I get personal satisfaction. I had one particular client, one of my first ones, they've been a client for, I'm 32, so they were, I met them, uh, so they're about 12 years now, 12 year old client. And we did, we did some work for the first four years, took a couple years off, they spent their training dollars in other places, and then I've been working with them since. And the CEO sat down with me and he said, you know, Dave, you know, we've done, you know, we've worked together a long time. He said, but I'll say that, you know, we've done all the hard work. 
but without you, we would not be where we are. And that's the greatest compliment you can get. That's the kind of stuff. I get a lot of satisfaction. Of, Boy, I help them. I help them transform their company. People in the company have grown professionally. And that's, you know, that's a huge thing. So uh, executive coaching is wonderful because you get that real one-on-one -on -one and you can see people change and grow. And that's oh, yeah. a, so that's a, that's a huge, huge driver for me. If that didn't occur, I, I wouldn't be in this business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. After being in business for 12 plus years, yeah. You know, all businesses kind of have a life cycle. You, you know, you try and make it through your first year or two, and then you get the seven-year itch where you might want to do something else. And that yeah. 10 to 12 years also one of those. What, what constantly keeps you getting up every morning and saying, you know what, I'm not interested in this business. I'm committed to it, and it's, it's what I want to do the rest of my life. You know, the fact that I help businesses is great. And and when you engage with people, you know, when we were on the stage today, people asking questions, they're showing interest, and you know you can help. It's you know, that's you know, that's fantastic. I think another part of the you know, part of it is just running my own business. It's uh, provides a lot of satisfaction, self-satisfaction, uh, that I was able to create something, build this, and and it's and it's still evolving and it's gonna evolve for years and years and years with all the uh, you know, with all the technology we have and the ways to reach out to people. I mean, it's almost endless. So there's no uh, end point where, okay, I've done it. Uh, okay, now I have to go do something else. There doesn't seem to be an end point. There's always another business or another company that needs help. And, and the value that we can add, we can add it in many different ways. Um, so, yeah, it's just, you know, I think it's one of those things that's a, you know, it's an, it's an entrepreneurial thing probably that's got me going. And because I always wanted to run my own business, and here I am. I've actually, you know, I guess that five-year point is, hey, if you've made it past five years, you're probably doing pretty well. And, and uh, uh, here I'm at uh, year 13. So, you know, that's, that's good. Plus, I get to hang out with other really interesting people who are entrepreneurs, and you thrive off one another. You learn from one another. So that, I, I think that's probably a big piece of it. And, and of course, the way of life that goes with it. You're, uh, you're successful, you're accomplished. And, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that, I'm not trying to brag. That's not, it's not about that. It's just that, you, you know, you feel good that you've actually done something and you can run with that. And that, you know, that keeps you going. It yeah, really does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Obviously, I've met your wife and your son and being married to and having a father that's an entrepreneur most of your son's life has, yeah. you know, obviously changed where versus having a nine to five job. Is it been easy on them, hard on them? Do they like it, enjoy it? I honestly, I think it's been easier for them only because you can work out of your home. You can't really set your own hours, especially when you get a successful business. Clients really, you know, they want your help. They want you to be in certain places, but uh, I think it's been actually easier because when I worked in the corporate world, you were bound by the corporate hours and the, the long commutes, and, and not that I didn't enjoy it, but it was different. The demands are different, the pressures are different. When you're your own boss or you're, you run your own company, the pressures come from you, and you come from your desire to succeed. So I think with that, I don't think it was, I, don't, I think it's easier for them. Uh, another piece of it is my son's 16 uh, this year, and uh, I, you know I ask him, hey, do you have any idea what you're thinking of doing? He, you know he wants to take a, he wants to get a business degree, but he he talks all the time about no, I want to start my own business. I want to start my own business. Now I'm encouraging him to go into the corporate world for a little while just to get the exposure, but he knows he wants to start his own business, which is kind of exciting. And I, I honestly I think uh, being an entrepreneur, you know people think uh, I'm going to get a degree, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go get a job, and the you know, there's all kinds of security there. And I would say, no, there's more security in this, because you, your decisions determine your destiny, where you want to be, and it really comes down to your effort. So I think, so that having, having that kind of bleed into my son's life and his thinking, 
I think it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, I really do. Running your own business and having a successful business for the last 13 years, how does that help you relate with your clients? Most of the people that you work with maybe mm. aren't entrepreneurs. They work inside of organizations. Yeah. They're managers and leaders and team members. And, you know, you don't get to work with just the, the founders of the companies. You work with everybody else. Right. How has that helped you or influenced your, your work with them? Having started a business, and you do wear every hat, at least in the beginning. I mean, you do everything. Fortunately, I've been an employee. I've worked for other people. Working with different people at different levels in the organization is really not that difficult. Uh, the connection to what I do and the value that I can add isn't a whole lot different to what employees need to do. You know, you know for instance, uh, you could think every employee is almost within an organization is almost running their own little business. And you help them understand, well, look, let's think about what you do. What value do you add here? Who are your customers? And they think about their customers outside the organization. No, no, inside the business. Who are your customers? Oh, well, yeah, I serve the sales organization and I serve this group. And it's like, okay, what's your value to them? And I help them see how they can be more valuable as an employee or a leader. And that piece of it, I think there's a direct connection there because it's really no different. Uh, whether you're running your own business, uh, whether you're a division head in a bigger business or you're an employee as part of a department, you're still, you still have to have value, you still have to deliver, you still have to influence people. The same concepts apply across the board, no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So is there any specific type of industries that you work solely with, or do you, do you take on any type of client? What? Uh, we gravitated toward high technology companies and manufacturing companies. I just happen to have a background in both those industries service-based companies, distributors, uh, engineering companies, accounting companies, because they're so people-intensive. I mean, you know, realistically, we can cater to any organization as long as they have people in it, which they do. But, you know, we've gravitated towards uh, the ones I just mentioned because of, I think, the demographic where we are in the Northeast, as well as, I think, my understanding of their business certainly helps quite a bit. You know, we've done nonprofit work. We've worked within universities, you know, life sciences, all different types of industries. But the ones I mentioned were the ones where we have the greatest, the, you know, the greatest exposure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see any common denominators inside of companies when you go in, whether you're working in aerospace or manufacturing or distributor-based company, are there some common problems that you typically uncover in almost every organization? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, the entry point could be anything. It could be, could you help this person and do some executive coaching? It could be, we need leadership development training. We need some team building over here. It doesn't matter. Usually, in every case, what happens, it's most of the problems, the root, the root cause of the problem comes from communication, trust, how people relate to one another. And there's always misperceptions and what what people are thinking, where they come from, and that's usually a huge issue. So if someone talks about, well, we need leadership development training, I say, great. Why do you think you need that? Well, I'll ask questions about it. Well, tell me about what, you know, what's happening. What do you want to see happening differently? And, and it always, at some point, comes down to, are people uh, effectively communicating with one another? Are they listening to one another? Are they validating uh, their ideas? Are they challenging effectively? It, you, there's always some element in there. Now, you know, if, if someone says, hey, we really want to de develop our leaders, we really want to have a strong team that's executing effectively, you might get very specific into, well, we need to have a process here, we need to, de uh, we need to develop a strategy there, but we always talk about communication and how important that is and how you can build trust in an organization to drive the effect of it. It's really the lubrication within an organization. You know, that's how I like in communication. It's, it helps things move along. Without it, 
it doesn't work very well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So you're in your 13th year. Mm -hmm. What's the business going to look like 13 years from today? What's, oh. what's the vision of where you're heading? How do you see it evolving? Yeah, I kept it small on purpose. I wanted to. I didn't want a huge infrastructure. Didn't want. To, I, you know, I don't want hundreds of employees. It's not the kind of company I want. I want to keep it fairly small. You know, right now we're just a handful of employees. Um, I would say, you know, 13 years from now or into the future, I envision an organization that's a, uh, you know, a multi-million dollar, not. 20 million, but a few million dollars would be a good number. We have a, a uh, you know, a finite, uh, uh, you know, client list, meaning, yeah, we'll bring on a few new clients every year, but we want to have a good solid base. You know, uh, we'll likely stick in the Northeast. We have a home there, we'll, and we plan on staying there. It needs to grow. We work mostly with small, medium-sized clients. Probably that will still be our bread and butter going forward. But I envision we'll be uh, we'll be penetrating some of the bigger you know Fortune 100 companies as we go forward. We we've had a few in the past, but we haven't focused a lot of our energy there. Most of our energy has been working with smaller, medium-sized companies or divisions because we get our hands wrapped around the company and really really help them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I would say I would say a few more employees and uh, and uh, certainly revenue growth. There's an old saying and that is the the only thing better than owning a boat is having. A good friend that owns a boat. Yes, and so we, I've heard that. Yeah, so we share that passion in boating, and you know, we met you when we first started working together 13 years ago. You yep. had a beautiful home in New Hampshire, and since then, over the last 13 years, you've kind of expanded. And I, now you have a home in Boston and your home in Cape Cod. Yep, on the water. Yes. which I'm a beneficiary of being your friend. I get to come up there absolutely yeah. uh, multiple years now and go boating, go to Cape Cod, and go out to Martha's Vineyard and that kind of stuff. So help me understand the quality of life balance between running a business and making sure that it's profitable and everything else. Yeah. But yet life doesn't end when you're an entrepreneur. You know, business and personal and Everything kind of is all balled up into one. Yeah. How do you manage that? It's interesting because my wife works, she's in the corporate world. She's um, probably a much better corporate citizen than I am. I, I, with that entrepreneurial spirit, it's hard to work for somebody. Uh, she's very good at it and she's done very well. And I think this is actually rubbing off on our son. We, you know, we don't look at a job or a business as nine to five, it never is. You're on pretty much all the time. When something needs to happen, it happens. Uh, you know, I've taken I've taken calls late at night. I've, I've answered emails in the middle of the night. Surprise somebody saying, "What are you doing up at two in the morning?" That sort of thing. You do what you need to do, and it's not because someone's telling me to do it. It's because I'm passionate about it, and I like to do it. And I enjoy it. So, I know people say it's work hard, play hard. You know as well as I do. I work hard, and I do play hard. And you know, managing that is it. It's not. There's no regular hours. You know, you have a plan. You know what needs to get done. You have clients who need your help, and sometimes they they need help at odd hours or odd times. You just make sure you're delivering on those results consistently, and as long as you're you stick with it and you know exactly what needs to happen and if you look at the results you're measuring them along the way there's always time to play there's always time to go out on the boat or and uh, you know believe me uh, if if uh, you know because you've been to cape cod if anyone hasn't been to cape cod they really need to go it's a fun beautiful place and you really get to relax so you know it's the, it's the reward you know you get to relax have some fun and having worked hard all week or all year whatever it is you know that you deserve it yeah. So, you know, it's, you know, it's reward. So I don't even feel like my job or my business is work because I enjoy it that much. Yeah, I'm the exact same way. If we were switching roles and I'm CEO of a company, mm -hmm. 
I got systems problems. I got some people problems. Yep. I meet you, whether it's socially or through a network. You hear me, you know, I hear you speak or something. We sit down for the first time, and I tell you, yeah, I've got some of these issues that you've identified in your presentation, mm -hmm. and I want to I wanna hire you to help me with some of these things. Okay. And let's make the assumption that you do see the problems that I have. Yep. What would a typical engagement look like? Hmm. It comes in different, uh, you know, different forms. Uh, I think I mentioned earlier, uh, executive coaching, strategic planning, and training. Let's just take training, for example. After we figured out what the issues are and what you want to accomplish, we, you know, we prescribe, we create, develop a program that, that will help you and your organization get there. And it's not going to just involve you as a CEO, but the people involved in making that happen. And that usually looks like there's usually a combination of a number of things. We use different tools and methodologies, but you know, a big piece of it is upfront. We got to understand what's going on. Well, not not just the perspective of the CEO, but we've got to talk to other people in the business. What's really going on? Are you seeing what the CEO is seeing? To really validate, are these the real issues? Because you don't want to try to fix something that's a symptom. You've got to go after the root cause. What are the real root cause? So there's surveys, there's assessments. We're really trying to understand people and what's actually happening. That's our starting point. Um, and that sets the stage for, okay, now we know what the current state is. We've already learned early on from the CEO that this is what the, the future state needs to look like. So the program in between is, is, uh, is a combination of, of, you know, if it's a training program, we, uh, we do sp a space repetition model. So we might, let's say over the course of six months, which is a pretty common, we'll have a training session, six to seven training sessions that are about three hours each, spaced three to four weeks apart. That allows the participants to learn about their business and it allows them to also apply the learning, pardon me, they learn about themselves and leadership related to their business, they get to apply that learning between sessions. We come back, we review, so we make, it's very practical. What are you doing? How do you need to change or what do you need to do within the organization? And we talk about that and then we go on to the next topic. All of that is connected to a development plan. Each person needs a plan. How am I personally going to improve as a leader in the company? What do I need to focus on? Because everyone's different. And that allows them to pull what they need from the training sessions as we go forward. So we do that, repeat that. And in, and in between there, we're also doing a little bit of coaching, making sure individuals are getting one-on-one -on -one attention. All to the end of the end result is we might, you know, might be we want more revenue. We want to be more productive. We want less of this, more of that. We're actually measuring along the way. Are we seeing the change that you want? And if we're not, we're going to adjust. You know mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And of course, with all of that, you know, the actual session itself—it's not a lecture. It's not sitting there listening, taking notes. It's it's theoretical to a certain degree, but it's very practical. Here's something I want you to think about. Here's a framework for being a leader. Okay, look at yourself. Analyze who you are, what you're trying to do. Does this fit? Let's look for gaps. So individuals, as they go through it, the participants, they're reflecting on their own experiences, on their own business. So we're applying it. It's very, you know, it's a practical approach to applying it to their business. So they're learning, growing. They're able to improve their business as they go through the program, all with the focused outcome that the program is trying to achieve. Okay, so I decide I want to do what you do for a living. Okay. And I quit my job. I start my own strategic planning, leadership, consulting business, yep. and I say, Dave, help me avoid all the pitfalls. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, I, yeah fast, I, fast track me. Yeah. What advice would you give? I, I think you know, the first thing. This is one of the biggest mistakes I made. The first thing is define your unique value to the market you want to serve. 
What is the one thing that's going to separate you from other people? And it doesn't have to be complicated, but that's the first thing you've got to do. You can't be all to everybody. And if you get that right, you know, even if it's not perfect, it's about focus and intensity in one particular area. So people can say, oh yeah, Chip does that. You know, Chip is an ex he's excellent at building teams and helping teams work effectively together. That's really his thing. Great. Once you're in the organization, that can turn into other things. Hey, hey, Chip, can you help this person over here? Yeah, I certainly can. We'll do some executive coaching over there. Well, I thought you were a team building guy. Well, I am. That's what I do. But because of all the skills and capabilities that we have and the company offers and all the tools we use, we can do other things. But from a, the standpoint of building a business and marketing and the awareness component, people have to know you're, you know, you're good at one thing or one type of thing. That's more. So that's, I mean, that's the biggest piece of advice. Secondly, you know, uh, make sure that you operate it like a business. You're not a trainer. You train. That's one of the things you do. What is your business? And you have to have all the pieces of the business. You got to have the CEO. You got to have the operations person. You got to have the sales person. You got to have the marketing person. It might all be one person, but you have to you have to slice it up and think of it that way. That these are the pieces of my business. And then of course you've got to have the right tools. Now you know big companies they they think in terms of resources. Most of them are human resources. When you're starting your own business, uh, you may not have all the you know may, you may not be able to hire two people, one person, or any. So a lot of it is you, so it's your tools, but you can reach out to others. You know, there's other companies. For instance, 360 Solutions, they provided a basis for me to start my business. It could be web help, IT help. You can, you can contract people to come in, or these are resources to help you build your business. So you have to understand what the business looks like, how you're gonna serve the business, the process, and then you're gonna have the resources. And all this is just, it's a, for some people, it's common sense. For other people, it's not. A lot of great books out there. A lot of great uh, individuals who can help you. You know, if it's if you don't have a connection like I do, uh, you could absolutely find that connection. You can go to a local chamber of commerce, and there's always you know it's networking. It's getting to meet people who can help you achieve achieve your dreams. Yeah, absolutely. Last question for you. Sure. You know, obviously, we met 13 years ago. Yep. We established a working relationship. It's grown into a friendship. And uh, what continues to bring you back to to do work with 360 Solutions? And you know, 360's evolved quite a bit over the years. Uh, you know, in the beginning, it was I need tools. I need. I don't want to develop my own curriculum, and I've done it. And it's very difficult when you don't have that kind of background. It takes time. I thought, you know, I thought this is great. This company is going to give me all the tools I need. Well, what's great about what's happened with 360 is that it's evolved into a really a full service organization. Where in the past it was content, good content with some support. Now it's better content. It's been revived. Uh, you've expanded you know, the tool set that's there. The you know the presentation is good. My image, it's more professional. I think this is a you know a, a real launching pad for me to take the business to the next level, which I want to do. So. 360 is continuing to add value to its business, to add value to your business partner's businesses. And that's what's always kept me coming back. Because there's a lot of companies out there that do what 360 does. I haven't found one yet that has all the pieces that I think, well, one that I need, but you know, any business that does this sort of thing, there's all the pieces are there. I would say that's probably the, you know, the biggest reason why I, I, you know, I continue to come back. Plus our friendship is always good. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. Every little bit helps. 
Our website is hpleadershippodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hpleadershippodcast. Follow us on Twitter at hpl underscore podcast. And shoot us an email at podcast at 360solutions.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. 